discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you excited to be here? God bless you. May kindly take your seats in heavenly places. Wow. You know, I remember some years ago, God gave us the opportunity to share concerning the vision of the house, nationhood. There was a whole, we had an all-day meeting, if you remember. Um, those of you who were there at Asafo. Um, I don't know whether it was a Sunday morning or something like that. Sunday, all day, you know, and we were in church for a long time. I was sharing concerning the, the, the ministry, concerning the vision, concerning the mission, concerning all that God has called us to do. You know, we shouldn't be a, we shouldn't be a part of a thing and not understand what it stands for. Do you see? There was a, one of my lecturers, one of my professors in university. You know, he used to teach. Um, is it thermochemistry or something like that? And he said, many years ago, he was in Sweden. He was doing his, um, his doctorate degree in Sweden. And there was a demonstration going on, on campus. People were shouting and, and all of that. You know, many students moved. I, I, he, he didn't know what was happening. So he also joined. And he asked one of the guys, Charlie, what are we demonstrating about? And the guy said, I have no idea. I also, I saw them moving and I'm also moving so let's move then he asked another person he also said, well, I don't know I actually don't know what is going on. I, I noticed that people were shouting and were just moving so I, I also joined then he asked the third and the fourth and the fifth they realized that ah Charlie a lot of it's like they, they don't know who has organized the thing and who is leading the, the thing and I mean the young people in a, they are doing demonstration. We don't know what they are doing the demonstration about. Do you see? They are just walking, shouting, saying things, chanting something. But we really did. Nobody really knew what it was about. And that is what happens to many people in life. A lot of people don't know why they are existing, what is going on, what we stand for, why we are together where we are going, how we are going, why we are going, what we are going, who we are going, which we are going, whom we are going, when we are going. We don't know. They are just around. In the university I went to, there was a hall, okay, called Unity Hall. I went to KNUST. 
the science and tech school. Whether you believe it or not. It's a very powerful school. And there's a hall called Unity Hall. County Power. And at the entrance, there's, there are some seats there called Always Around. Always Around. Yeah. At every point in time in the day, you will see some people sitting there. At every point in time. If you go there at 3 a.m., you see people sitting there. If you go there at 4 a.m., you see some people sitting there. If you go there at 1 p.m., you see some people there. And normally, it's the same people. Hey. They are like watching. It's like they are, the, they are the ones watching there. They are always around. So the place is called Always Around. Hey! hey. Always around. Dizzy. Yeah. You shouldn't be just around. Always around. Purposeless. Aimless. Everything that exists must have an aim. There's a reason for everything. There's a reason for your phone. There's a reason for the shirt you are wearing. There's a reason for the belt you are using. There's a reason for everything. Wigs, even wigs have a reason, have a purpose. How much more human beings? Do you see? And how much more God? God also has a purpose. And God's purpose is what he has released so graciously to us as a ministry to be involved in. So that our, our lives can have a meaning. Charlie? Marriage is nice. But marriage is not everything. Have you noticed that marriage is not everything? Oh, yes. Those of you who are married. Oh, yes. It's nice. Children are beautiful. They are wonderful. But it's not everything. A job is good. It's nice. But it's not everything. It's not everything. Becoming a millionaire is good. It's nice. But it's not everything. Sometimes you, you, you think that if I get, if only I can get a million dollars, everything will be fine. I mean, we got some money, some huge money some time ago, and we're using it to do so many things. And then the, it was just finishing. Then Pastor Alex said, no money is enough. That was, that was the conclusion. He said, Pastor, no money is enough. It's the truth. Oh. No amount. No amount is enough. Yeah, it's a very serious thing. Do you see? Yeah. So, God also has a reason. God has a reason for making things. God has a reason for making things. Hmm? What do you think? Anyway, God, so God has an aim. Tell me about God has an aim. Let's check one of the aims of God. Okay? One of the first aims of God is to save the world. Of people. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Isn't it? One of the main aims of God. Hmm? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish. But should have everlasting life. God wants everyone to have everlasting life. And not perish. Okay. First Timothy chapter 2. Verse 4, it says, God will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants all, everyone to be saved. Have you seen it? Tell me, but God wants everybody to be saved. Yeah. He wants everyone to be saved. Why? Because everyone is lost because of what Adam did. 
no matter who you are in this world, all, all the human beings in this world have been affected by what Adam did. Yes, by one man's offense, sin entered, and death by sin. Romans chapter 5. Go to verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into by one man, who is that one man? Adam. By one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all, all have sinned. All. What is the sin that all have committed? The sin that all have committed is the sin that Adam committed. High treason. Do you see? High treason, going against God. So all men must perish. Yes. For that all have sinned. Death upon all, all have sinned. Romans 3. 23. It says, for all have what? All, not some. Charlie, it's very wild though. All. All means what? All. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of humanity. And the primary thing every human being needs is not a car. <laughs> the primary thing every human being needs is not a house. Or a wife or children. If we, set, if we, if we allow the world to, to only think about houses, cars, whatever, children... Bigger, bigger jobs, money, whatever. If that is the only thing we are thinking about, about human beings, then we have made a very big mistake. There's a problem that human beings have which goes beyond what we think. It's wild though. No matter how beautiful they look, they have sinned. No matter how influential they are, they have sinned. You see, and you see, having that vision of God that all needs to be saved will change your life if you will buy into that vision. So all that we are, we are doing as a church is to buy into God's vision of salvation for all because all have sinned. Do you see? Yes. All have sinned. That is why we say that Christ, our church's name is Christ World Incorporated. Yeah. Do you see? That's our church's name. And God said we should build a world where Christ is all and in all. And that world starts with salvation. Building that world starts with what? Salvation. The foundation of that world. I don't know if you can display the vision of the church. So I'm just taking you through one by one. Okay? And trying to explain it to you. We must buy into God's vision of what? Salvation. And that's all... Christ Word Incorporated, a.k.a. Love Economy Church. It's, Love Economy Church is an AK, it's an also known as. Eh? Our name is Christ Word Incorporated, and our name is also Love Economy Church. Do you get it? Uh -huh. Now, the foundation, the, the vision that God gave, I mean, this is some years ago, this is, um, God gave me this vision in 2010. Okay, yeah. And then the church started in 2011. 2010, I was praying somewhere. I didn't, I was not praying to start a church or anything. I was just praying to God, just talking to the Lord. And the Lord said, build me. This was to make Christ the center of the world. Okay, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. This is fine. It's fine. Yes, to make Christ the center of the world and build a world where Christ is all and in all by dispensing Christ with love, with the Holy Spirit as our means. Wow. Yes, to make Christ the what? The center of the world. Building a world where Christ is all and in all. Make Christ the center of the world. How do you make Jesus the center of the world? By salvation. 
by salvation. Because the world has a problem. And the problem the world has is sin. And the only one who can solve the problem of sin is Jesus Christ and his blood. It's the blood of Jesus that cures the problem of sin. That is why we should never, as a church, we should never stop preaching salvation. We should never stop preaching to people. Our songs must be filled with songs concerned with words concerning salvation. Yes. About the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. We should never leave the cross and say that we have gone beyond the cross. You can't go beyond the cross. Do you see? Talking about who you are in Christ and all of that, it's not going beyond the cross. You, you are not supposed to go leave the cross. The cross is a very, very important place. Because without that, you can't be on the throne. It's from the cross to the throne. The cross first and then the throne second. Without the cross, it's like saying, I'm born again, so I don't celebrate my birthday, my natural birthday. There are people in the body of Christ who do that. They, they say they celebrate their new birth rather than their first birth, their natural birth, because their natural birth is not important. Da, 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 da. da. What are you talking about? Without your natural birth, you couldn't have been alive to be born again. Oh, you would have been born again where? In heaven or where? There's no need for born again in heaven. You couldn't have appreciated the blood of Jesus. No angel understands the blood of Jesus. They don't understand. They can't appreciate it. Because their sins were not wiped away with the blood of Jesus. It's only human beings who are born into this physical world who can appreciate and understand the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Do you see? So celebrate your birthday. Be happy. Just don't get into debauchery. Do you know debauchery? It's a word. Or wantonness. Or excesses. Another way. Or wasting uh, 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 the prodigal son. What do the prodigal son? Yes, riotous living. It's another word. Yeah. Don't let your birthday become a time for sex. You're a child of God. You're born again. Your birthday is a day for party and a day for boozing and a day for threesome and foursome and fivesome. What is wrong with you? Sex party. The reason why some people said that they will not celebrate birthdays is because of what others were doing on their birthday. Do you see? Instead of praying and thanking God and celebrating the Lord for what he has done for you, giving, giving you an opportunity to be alive, you are rather drinking and boozing and having sex. That is a wrong way to thank God. You are thanking the devil. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you are mocking God. Wow. So to make Christ a center, this is our, this is the vision of the church. You may be here, you don't know, but this is it. Tell me about this is it. We are to make Christ, yes, the center of the world. When we say center, what we are, what we mean is that it's like it's the focus. Do you see? And the center, Ephesians chapter chapter one, verse 22, 23. Look at Ephesians 1. 22-23 And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all and in all. Now let's read these verses in the message version. Verse 22 and 23 in the message version. He says he's in charge of all of it all. Jesus is in charge of it all. He has a final word on everything. At the center of all this Christ rules the church. 
Then he says, the church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is rather peripheral to the church. Then he says, the church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. You see, the church is not peripheral. Do you understand when we say something peripheral, like, we don't understand. What does it mean, peripheral? Periphery. On the, on the sides. It's like on the fringes. What does not matter? He says that the church is not peripheral to the world. Rather, the world is peripheral to the church. Does it make sense to you? Yes. In the Old Testament, the Jews lived. Everybody lived towards the the Ark of Covenant, the tent of witness. Everybody. All the tribes were arranged in four places. One here, one in the north, one in the east, one in the west, one in the south. And the Ark of Covenant with the tent was in the middle, forming a cross. You see, north to south, west to east, like that. And then the Lord was in the middle, and everybody lived their lives. If you pitched your tent away from the tabernacle, you, something's wrong with you. Everybody was supposed to pitch their tent towards the tabernacle. Because the tabernacle was the center of their lives. Jesus was, and Jesus is the tabernacle. Jesus is everything. Okay? Maybe one of these days, I, I'm going to take you through the tabernacle and the representations, you know, of how it all symbolizes Jesus Christ. One of these days. Hallelujah. Everybody lived towards the tabernacle. So God wants the whole world to live towards Jesus Christ and have Jesus become the most important person in their lives. Everybody, including you. You see, and I said the foundation starts with what? Salvation. So we must always preach salvation. What we did must continue all the time. All the time. Every year. All the time. And we must go to various stations. One of these days, you see that we have bought equipment tractors trucks whatever 40 footer containers and all of those things and you see us that you see us moving to go to other countries other cities everywhere and we are also doing crusade and our crusade will also become one of the largest in africa why because that's what jesus says you should do that is why we 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 plant churches the reason why the church is involved or interested in training people to become missionaries and all of that. That is why we, have, we want people to become missionaries. Next day we are sending, we are sending people to different places. To Cote d'Ivoire, to Uganda, to Nigeria, to South Africa, to Kenya, to Zimbabwe. We want to add six. We are in four countries now, Ghana included. We want to add six more countries for it to become ten. And then as time goes on, we'll add another ten. And then another ten. And another ten. Another ten. There are 191, 190-something countries in the world. And we want to be there. We want to, because that's what God says we should do. Because everybody, the main reason why we are doing that is because everybody needs salvation. Everybody needs what? Salvation. salvation. So we have to go. Tell me about we have to go. So if you are in this church, you must be committed to making sure some people are saved. You must be committed to either doing it personally, giving your money for it, sponsoring for it to be done, encouraging somebody, deciding that you are going to live in another, sacrifice to be in another country. If Jesus made a sacrifice 
for you by coming to come and die, then you too, you have to make a sacrifice for somebody to also be alive. And somebody, what are they going to do? Just imagine if I had not decided to start the church as God has told me to do. What if I was afraid? Because, I mean, I was afraid. Reverend George had to encourage me. Reverend George encouraged me and said, Brother, do what God says you should do. Yeah, because I was not confident in it at all. I should do what? I should do what? I should do me, I should what? I should start a church. Hey, I've never started anything for it to work in my life before. For it to start a church. I started a, a, a yogurt business when I was in university. I mean, it didn't last for more than three weeks. Yeah, my yogurt business, you see, I started a yogurt business and didn't have a fridge. I didn't have a fridge and I, I, I was starting a yogurt business. I had someone's fridge in mind. And the person's fridge got spot. Yes. And my business collapsed. All my investments, I didn't recoup even one. Every investment I have done in my life, as at that time, I've done in my life as at that time, even beyond. I mean, it's not, it's not worked. All the time. I remember some time ago, there was some $2,000 with that I had. And they said something as kind of Questra or something like that. So I put my money in Questra. Oh, up to date, we don't know where the money has passed. Even men's gold, I put my money in men's gold. I had money in men's gold. We are all victims, brother. very okay. So one goes, I, sh- I should start a church. Start a church for the way. Me. I should start what? I was not confident at all. But thank God for a father. Thank God for fathers. Who will tell you to work. And pray for you. And tell you, Charlie, be encouraged. Don't worry. And you see, the worst of it was that when I started to the thing, one pe- I had one person for a long time. Yes. Yes. Six months, one person. Yeah. One of those days I said that I'm not. The person was coming was my friend. It was my friend from university. Do you understand? Yes. You see, it's not that during the six-month period, I didn't have people coming at different times. People came, but he was the only one who was with me. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So it's not that every day I, I had only one. There were times, for instance, there was a time when I had some, some GSS students. I became the, their pastor, the pastor of GSS students, 11 of them, who were going to write BC. And I was praying with them and teaching them the word of God every Sunday morning. Do you see? I'll carry my speakers there and go and teach them and all of that. You know? And then when they finished writing the BEC, they graduated and left. They graduated from the church. The church became empty. And I relocated the church to a classroom. Another, it was in a classroom. I relocated another classroom in another place. And in that place, I would do evangelism, do everything. Nobody was coming. And my friend noticed that I was becoming depressed. So he decided to just help me and be around. Yeah. He was here recently, some few weeks ago, to come and see this place and what God has done. He was like, man, Charlie, is this, is this what God has done? I was just thanking him. He said, oh, I should go away. <laughs> he was my friend. I mean, he's been my friend. He was my friend from first year. Yeah. So he was just being a friend. When people came into the church, he told me that, Charlie, you are blessed. It's working, isn't it? I've done my job. I'm going. <laughs> Bye-bye. See you. Yeah, he left. Yes, he's a lawyer and he's into the Catholic Church and all of that. So he went. He said he's going back to Catholic, and he went back to Catholic. I got my message. It didn't, it didn't influence him at all. <laughs> Did nothing happen to him at all. He was just encouraging me. Nothing else. 
Always around. He was just around. Always around me. He, he was driving me around, helping me, doing... Oh, he made my stay in Kumasi a very wonderful one. After service on Sunday, when I finished preaching, I've taken his offering everything. He'll take me to his house. His mother will cook. And then I'll eat and be happy. Yeah, and we'll just lie there and watch a, t- uh, watch a movie and then go home. That was what, that, that was what we, I was doing. Yes. One day I was praying, God told me, go to campus. So one of those is, I called him and said, Charlie, Charlie, this church thing that God says you should do. I, I'm not even, I don't know. So you, today, just stay home. Me too, I'll stay home, okay? Because like, no matter what I did, he was the only one who was coming consistent. So I called him and said, Charlie, be, be home. I'll also be home. Said, okay, no problem. As I was lying in my bed, just lying Sunday morning around 10.30 a.m., I was just lying in bed, just, just there. Like the way some people are doing now. I was just lying in bed, just there. Then the ceiling opened. This is the first time I've had an open vision. The ceiling opened like this. Sometimes you can't even, is it, how? it opened. Do you see? And then a hand came out up to this point, pointed to me like this. And said that <laughs> if you do this again, I'll kill you. Many lives are dependent on yours. Then it went back. The, all of a sudden, the ceiling was the ceiling was back. I said, "Hey, my hair was standing. It was not easy for me at all." <sighs> I called him and I said, "Charlie, this thing is not happening again." Next Sunday, we are meeting. Have you heard? <laughs> he said, what happened? I said, no, don't worry. You next week. And by the grace of God, I have not missed a service from that time. You see, if I had not committed to it, we would not be sitting here. Can you imagine? Some few years later, we are winning souls and 1,200, um, just from 20 churches, that the one person, the one member church, has changed from one member to become 51 churches in 51 different locations working. Wow. We've built three cathedrals by the grace of God. The fourth one is on the way. Even three and a half. We've built, we've built three cathedrals, one church. A cathedral is anywhere above a certain number. You see, as, as we're standing here, this place can see 2,000 people. Alpha can see 1,300 people. Um, Fortizo can see 700 people. Together, that's 4,000. And then Tamale can see 250 people. That's 4,250 people. We've built a cathedral, 4,250-seat cathedral all over the place. Without, that's minus offices, children's auditoriums, teens' auditoriums, and all of those things. And, and minus rented, many rented places all over the place. Wow. By the grace of God, we have, we have six or se- we have seven places where we have lands and properties where buildings are happening, things are happening. Isn't it a blessing? That has to change. It will grow with time. I can't wait for the day when we say we have 100 cathedrals. Yes. There's a day coming when we say we have 100 cathedrals. Yes. We have, we have about 5,000. This is, this is one of the places. This is Alpha 2.0. This is Alpha 2.0. 1.0 is downstairs. 2.0 is upstairs. 
God has just built this place very beautifully. This is Fortizo. This is another, another one in Kumase. Yeah. By the grace of God, we built this within eight months. Yes. Yeah. This one is not, there's, there's, it's a story building. There's something underneath. The children's auditorium offices and all those things are under. Yeah. Teens, everything. Big, 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 big spaces under. Same with Alpha. There's another huge space underneath it. Can you imagine? Isn't it a blessing? A great blessing. By just committing to the vision. Just winning souls. And staying with those souls. Trying to retain. Gather. Do you see? Because God is not only interested in salvation. He's also interested in those who are saved getting to know him. Some of you are not born again in this church. But you got to know Jesus in this church. You were in church but you didn't know Jesus Christ. Is it true or is it not true? I lie or I no lie. Because that's the second part of God's vision. The second part of God's vision is that. Go to that place in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. For God wills that all men be saved. And come to the knowledge of the truth. Do you see? I'm sharing the vision of the church to you. Oh, I'm not sharing it. Is that not what I'm doing? I'm sharing the, I'm just explaining what our vision is. What we stand for. You see? Yes. Making Christ the center of the world. Building a world where Christ is all in you know. And all of that. Show us the vision once again. So that we see it. Maybe you don't know it. So I'm sure. How many of you don't know it? You didn't know it until now that I'm talking to you. Yes. So it, you need to know it. That's why this. So every Resurrection Sunday. Because every year we have people who don't know the vision. And then we also need to. One of the things you need to do is to keep brooding on the vision. If you don't brood on the vision that God has given to you, you lose your way. You will change. Before you realize, you become a business preacher. You are preaching on financial, engineering, and things. Instead of preaching pure salvation, Jesus Christ loves you. Give your life to Jesus. Jesus' blood has been sent for you. And preaching about faith. And preaching about the things that we need, to, we need to preach about. To help the people to become more shepherding. I in the church. To build a world where Christ is all and in all. So we are, we are building a world where Christ is all and in all. And to make Christ a center of the world. We are building a world, where a world, a family, or a nation. So we're out of this world. We are building a world, another world. Do you see? Where Christ is all and in all. And that world makes Christ the center of this cosmos, this world that we have. So we're actually building a family. God is built. That's why we have church. That's why we have Love Economy Church, to build a family of people who understand what God wants them to do, People who love God and people who are ready to do anything for Jesus Christ. Do you understand? Yeah. We have 135 pastors. Yes. And about 600, about 700 shepherds in our church. Wow, what a blessing. Yeah. And we have about 5,000 church members. Can you imagine? Church members, yes, not first timers. Church members, not those who pass through. I'm talking about, you see, we, we don't, if we are going to do, if we are going to count those who pass through, if we are going to count those who have registered as members of this church, there are people who register as members, but we don't see them. Okay? The last I checked, we were 20,000. The last I checked, am I lying? According to CHL. CHL, yeah. The last I checked, we were around 20,000. But I don't look at that. Because you are like you are you are you are not part of the the I mean, if you are if you are Ghanaian, you're not in Ghana. Are you a Ghanaian? You're not in Ghana. You are somewhere else. You are laboring for another country. 
Yeah, you are doing everything. All your money is for another account. Everything is for another account. You are not really here. Do you get it? And we, we deal with those who are really around. Yeah. So we deal with attendance. Even the attendance, we don't do average attendance. We do, we actually, we are very wild. We do median attendance. We don't do like, we had the swollen Sunday and then we had uh, 15,000 people. So we are 15,000. No. Who are the people who come consistently? Who are the people who are around all the time? The people who are around all the time can work with and can flow with and can become something with around 5,000 people. That's what, that's what God has given to us. Yeah. Is it a blessing? Now you have it right because you put the first one before, the second one before the first. This is, the, this is how it is. To build a world where Christ, that's the first thing. We are building a world where Christ is all in, you know. And also to make Christ the center of the world. Okay? To make Christ the center of the world. How? By dispensing Christ or giving out Christ. Giving out Jesus. Giving Jesus. Talking about Jesus to those who are unsaved to become born again. And then still talking about Jesus to those who are saved to get to know him better. Do you see? To get to know him better. That's why you hear messages like faithfulness to God. Why, why are we preaching that? So that you get, you become faithful to Jesus Christ and know him more and more. That's what we talk about. We talk about righteousness. Do you see? Yes. All the messages we preach is to help you to have Christ as the center of your life. We talk about giving, shepherding, all these things so that you can have Jesus as the center of your life. Is it a good thing or is it not a good thing? Yes. Because God wants us to, he doesn't want only, only for us to be saved. Salvation is very powerful, but salvation is like the door. When you enter the door, and you enter, the, you enter through the door, and you stay at the door, if all of us were at the door, would they work? We will not be comfortable. We have to come in and come and settle. There's a special seat for everybody for you to come and come and settle. So when you get born again, the next thing to do is to come. You have to come in. You have to come and become a, part, a participator, a partaker of what is going on. That is why we, that's why we have churches. That is why we have pastors. That's why I'm committed to training pastors. Or we are committed to training pastors, to training people to become shepherds. Are you understanding the vision? Is it a nice vision? It's powerful. Yeah. It's, it's very powerful. If you remove this from our lives, it's, we don't miss nothing. Get you, you work, uh, you go on pension at 60 and that will be the end. You give birth, you marry, you give birth, whatever. You have four children. Three boys and one, one girl. Yeah, that's what's going to happen in your life by the grace of God. Yeah. But don't just retire at 60 and that's it. They are waiting for you to, for, to die. You see, as you have become a pastor, make more sacrifices for the Lord. More, more. Where can I serve God? Where can I serve Jesus? What can I do to, to serve Jesus some more? That's the kind of church we should have. Oh. Not a church where everybody is comfortable, everybody comes, receive it, look into his own, everybody's looking to their own things. Receive it, take it, manadusha, faladaya, reggae, receive it now, receive a house now. Don't you get tired when you are only receiving cars and houses all the time you go to church? Every prayer meeting, you don't even know what you are, every prayer meeting is a prayer meeting to receive something. When the harvest, what concerns Jesus Christ is lying down. Nobody cares about it. Yeah. Yes. There's a message I preach. Maybe we have to play it for everybody too. Everybody where, everywhere. I preached it at Kaswa Church recently. 
Yeah. For my sake and the gospel. Yeah. That's what I preach. Yeah. Hmm. A world, a family. Hmm? That is why shepherding is part of what we are doing. Is because if I don't learn to take care of you, if I don't take care of you, if someone doesn't take care of you, if I don't take care of you, whatever, and help you, you will not be around. You can't stay in the family. No. Yeah. I have to try and, you know, take care and train people to take care of different people. Yeah. I may not know your problems personally, but some, your problems is known by somebody around. We've created a church where you can't call and say that. I hear someone was say he's called Prophet what? Prophet Desmond, and he's part of our church, and he's collecting money from people that he's doing fundraising at Accra Mall with our name, Love Economy Church. Yeah. Uh, he's from Love Economy Church, and he's there. We are raising funds. Bishop Isaac Tibuati has sent him to come and raise funds, and he's collecting money from people. And then someone, I think he met somebody, mentioned it's called Prophet Desmond. My person said, Ah, which who's your pastor? Oh, my, my pastor. And then they, he, you'll be found out. Because that's not the kind of church we have created. We've not created that kind. It's a family. It's a world, a nation, where we are all together. Do you see? What do you think? With a vision, we are going somewhere together. Oh, you don't, you don't understand what I'm saying? To make Christ the center of the world. Do you see? Go back to First Timothy. Chapter 1. Chapter 2, right? Verse 4. It says, God who will have all men to be saved and also to come to the knowledge of the truth. The full knowledge. The word knowledge is epignosis. To get to know every single thing into details. To get to know Jesus on a personal level. That's what he's talking about. Who is the truth? The truth is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Isn't it? So he wants you to know Jesus intimately. You see, for instance, in Romans chapter 8, Verse 28, 29, 30. He says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who have the called according to purpose. So there's a purpose. God has a purpose. What is the purpose of God? Next verse. Then he says, For whom he did foreknow. All those that God foreknew. All God foreknew you before you were born. Jeremiah said, Before I was a clot of blood in my mother's womb, you knew me. Do you see? Before I was formed, you knew me. So before you came, God knew how your nose is going to be like, your eyes, everything, how pretty you are going to look, how handsome you are going to look, fearfully and wonderfully made. The guys are fearfully made. The ladies are wonderfully made. Yeah. Chaliba, ladies, you do hello. I saw a certain lady with a, with a husband. Charlie, husband is not nice at all. Though. But that is her husband. I mean, do you understand? Hey. When I saw it's like, hey. Charlie, this woman is forcing power to be with this. I really, I really appreciated women. Like, women are very, you are very bold. You are very, you are, Charlie, clap for the ladies around. You do well, you do well, you do well. Yeah. They know what they want. I tell you. Charlie, man, na man, the guy was very, hey, fearfully made and kasangasangas. And he had a wonderful wife who's with him and everything is flowing nicely. Yeah. Wow. I was like, man. What a blessing. Hmm. There's, there's, hope, there's hope for everyone. 
There's room at the cross for you, brother. Hey. So before you were, you were a clot of blood in your mother's God knew you. He says, those he did foreknow, all those he foreknew, he also did what? He also did predestinate means to have a destination before the time starts. And everybody should know where you are. You should know where you are going before you leave your house. If you don't know where you are going before you leave your house, hey, brah, what is wrong with you? You got issues, baby. You got what? Issues. You got issues, baby. You are leaving your house and you don't know where you are going to. When they ask you, when the car comes, and then you jump in, they get to Oro, the final sta- sta- uh, station, and then, oh, are you not continuing? Oh, this is the last place. Oh, I thought you were coming. You don't know where you are going to. It's a problem. You shouldn't do life without knowing where you are going. What do you think? So he says, all those he did for no, he also did predestinate. For what purpose? What is the destination that God has chosen before our birth, before our coming? It is to conform to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? To what? To conform to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. God wants us to look like Jesus in character, in attitude, in action, in speech, in thought, in walk, in every single thing. Like you have to become, you have to look like Jesus. Now, he wants us to conform. The word conform. Can you show us other versions to see if they can give us another thing for conform? For whom he also destined from the beginning, foreordaining them to be molded. Look at this. It says to be molded into. We're looking for a word, another word for conform, right? It means to be what? Molded into the image of his son and share his inward likeness. Actually, we share his inward likeness already by virtue of the new birth. First John chapter 4 verse 17 says that. Look at First John 4 17. Yes. As he is, so are we in this world, isn't it? In, go, go, King James, please. Here is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. The day you become born again, you become like him. Your nature, your old nature is replaced with the nature of Christ, isn't it? Or? That's what happens when you get born again. So inwardly, your spirit man, there's no, actually there's no difference between you, your spirit man, and the Holy Spirit. It's like you are joined. The Bible says that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. It's like we are one spirit with, with the Lord. Do you get it? That is why there are several places in the Bible where they can't even tell whether it's the Holy Ghost they are talking about or it's your spirit they are talking about. For instance, in Galatians chapter, Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, For the flesh lasts against the spirit. You see, he uses the, a capital letter in King James, the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. But the Holy Ghost does not last against you. It's actually the recreated human spirit. Do you see? Uh-huh. And then when you go down to verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the spirit are these. Yet, he uses the fruit of the Holy Ghost. You know, the Holy Ghost is not, he's not the one. I mean, he doesn't need fruits. You are the one who needs fruits. So it's actually the fruit of the recreated human spirit as a result of the Holy Spirit within his spirit, causing him to produce the fruits of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. It's like there are several scriptures where it's like we can't tell, is it the Holy Spirit? Is it our spirit? Because of how perfect your spirit has become, because your spirit is in the image of Christ. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. As he is, so are we now in the world. We are like him. We bear his image. Do you remember? Let us continue to bear the image because we bear his image already by virtue of the new birth. You did, Bob? Yes. 
For instance, we are as righteous as Jesus is. And Jesus has become our righteousness. All that Jesus did, he handed over to us. Colossians chapter 1. These are, that's why we teach these things. It's so that you conform to know what, what you have become and conform to the image of the Son. Grow up. You see, grow up into the full stature of Christ. It's like saying that the man gave birth to a cat. The man cannot give birth to a cat. Or the woman cannot give birth to a dog. If a man and a woman gave birth, what do they give birth to? They give birth to another man or another human being. The only issue is that the human being is a baby. He's not as old as they are. That's the only difference. The only difference. But you don't see the child. Let's say you visit someone and you saw the daughter crawling like a dog walks. You know how they, all, they do all fours. Eh? They walk on all fours. You can't tell which one is a hand and which one is a leg because they are all legs. No so. And they are all hands. The dog can use the, the leg to scratch the tummy. Oh? Huh? Like you use your hand to scratch your tummy. Try using your leg to scratch your tummy and let's see. It don't work. So you went to someone's house and you saw the daughter crawling. And then you're like, you have given birth to a dog. What do you think the woman will do to you? It will be a war, isn't it? That child is only learning different stages of human development. The child is conforming or growing to become a man or a woman, full-grown man, full-grown woman, just like the father and the mother, and can do what the father and mother does. But it doesn't mean that the child is not a human being because it's crawling. So every child of God is in the image of God and is in the image of the Son and has the same qualities. Do you get it? Hmm. The only problem is that we are yet to grow. We are growing. So as you grow, you become what God wants. You grow to conform to the image of the Son. So in Ephesians chapter 4, um, let's read from verse 11. He says, he shows you why he, has, he gives you pastors, preachers, prophets, and all of those. He says, he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the edifying. The, the word edifying means to build up, the build up, build up of the body of Christ. Then it says, till we all come, hmm? to all of us, he wants us to be built, to be trained and raised and helped, till we all come in the unity of the faith, in the oneness of the faith. Then it says, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. There's the knowledge of the Son of God, of Christ. Jesus is the Son of God. And he has a knowledge, a full knowledge that he wants us to grow up to. It's the same thing I've been saying all this well. Unto the knowledge of the Son of God. Then he says, unto a perfect man. Okay? Unto a full grown man. The word perfect is teleos. One who is matured. He's talking about maturity. One who is matured. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Do you see? Pastor please come. Is there any child around? Please come. Please come to the front. Thank you. Is there any child around? Is Fifi around? Who is there? There's no child. They are on the other side. There's one here. Who is that? Is it Jojo? He should come. Yes. Yes, auntie. Yes, come. Ah, yes. Beautiful. Now, is he a human being? 
But you see, he's not this height. Oh. Oh. But can he grow up to this height? Does he have the potential of growing up to this height? This child has all the potential to grow up to this height. To have the wisdom and the knowledge Pastor Eli has. To be a pastor of, of thousands of people like Pastor Eli. This child has every potential you can think about. All this child needs to do is to grow up and to learn the right things so that he can be like Pastor Eli. Isn't it? In thoughts, in action, in fruits, in results, in everything. So this is the church. This is Christ. This is Jesus Christ. And this is the church. This is you and I. All we need to do is to grow up to the fullness of the knowledge of Christ, to the stature of Christ. And Christ is a matured man. Jesus is the matured man of heaven. Do you see? Uh-huh. And all of us must grow to become. That is why we come to church. That is why we keep preaching to you. That's why you must meditate on the scriptures. That's why you must. Now, when you go to heaven and you are still like this, you are going to be like this for the rest of eternity. All of us must grow to become like this. Do you understand? And that's what is written here. Unto a, unto a perfect man. He wants us to grow to become a perfect man. Unto the measure. Same measure. Same stature. Measure is the height. Stature is the thickness. Okay? And fullness is the abilities. Same abilities. Same stature. Same whatever. Same thoughts. Same authority. Same fruits. Same abilities. Same results. Just like Jesus. And that's why we are still here. If this was not there, if these scriptures was not there, when you get born again, every preacher should have a gun or a cutlass or a sword in his hand. When you people, when we go for evangelism, like we just kill people when they get born again. Because you are better off in heaven than being here. I say, give your life to Christ. Brother, give your life to Christ. Okay, I receive Jesus Christ. Then you slit the person's throat. All the best. God bless you. I'll see you in heaven soon. Bye-bye. That's, that's how we should be preaching. But we are still kept here on earth so that we can grow. Do you see? Yeah. You can't do much with this child. Just imagine if you have come and you come to talk to this child about your problems. Damn you, a joke. That's what happens when a Christian is not growing. A Christian who is not growing cannot shepherd another person. He cannot shepherd another person. He's still a child. He still wants to be treated like a child after five years of being in church, after six months of being in church, or one year of being in church. He's still a baby. He's still pooping in his diapers. He can't wipe his own buttons. You see, not being able to wipe your own buttons in the spirit is not being able to forgive yourself for the wrongs that you have done. Yes. They are, they are children of God who can't forgive themselves. They don't know how to wipe their buttons. They, can't, they don't know how to take care of themselves and keep themselves and not go wrongly. They can't say no to certain things. A Christian who cannot say no to certain things is not, has not grown yet. I mean, a child, one child came, was in a church, who sw- he swallowed the coin. As we were preaching, I was preaching like this, it was an all-day meeting. As we were preaching, whatever, whatever, the guy has swallowed the coin. The coins that the mother gave to him to come and come and give as offering, he put it in his mouth, playing with it, and then he swallowed it. And we had to rush to the emergency ward for him to be worked on. They had to do surgery on him and take the coin out of his throat. Yeah! Is that what coins are for? They are not for swallowing. But if you are a child in the spirit, you swallow what you are not supposed to swallow. Yeah, you do what you are not supposed to do. Beautiful. Have you seen it? As an example, nice. So that you can understand it very well. Measure. Full measure of the stature. And this is the purpose of God for you and I. So when you get born again, this is God's purpose for you. We should all conform to the image of the son. How do you conform to the image of the son? To be same stature, same fullness, same knowledge, same everything. So that 
his son might be the firstborn among many brethren. He wants firstborn among many brethren. We must all look like Jesus in character, in attitude. Your attitude must become like Jesus' attitude, not stinking. Not a stinking attitude. A Christian who has a stinking attitude is there. Stinky, stinky character. People have it. God wants us to conform in character, in purpose, in action. The way Jesus sacrificed himself, God wants us to also sacrifice ourselves like that. Yeah. We must also take up our cross and follow Jesus. That is real maturity in Christ. Where a child of God is willing, a woman is where a lady, like Zoe, is willing to stay in another country. Not Cameroon or Ghana or whatever, but to be in South Africa with your husband. Yeah. And you are there. Oh, hold on. You are there because you, want, you, are, you are serving Jesus Christ. That is your cross. Your cross is, I'll not be with my, I'll not be where my mother is or where my father is. I'm going to be somewhere else for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Jesus and for the sake of, gospel, of the gospel. So that I can, I can help my husband to establish a church there and have 1,000 people receive Christ and 1,000 people stay in the house of God and 1,000 people become something for the Lord. Where would they go if we don't go? If we don't go, they will all go to hell. If you don't do something, they will all go. You are sitting in the church now, you are happy. You are happy now. But some time ago, you were not in the church. Some time ago, you were not correct, isn't it? Saturday, Easter Saturday, you. You are cool by now. You are boiling. You have just had four rounds and you have come out. You are doing... I mean, look at you. You are wearing white and black with your nice hair sitting in church. Hey! Those of you are just clap for Jesus. Jesus has done some. It's either, it's either you were not, you were into those old things or you were not into those things, but you didn't care about God. You were a good person, but you didn't care about God. I mean, God, you should go away. So it's, it's this. Yeah. Wow. Are you see what I'm talking about? So the vision is for us to conform to the image of a son. And that's what I've explained to you. Yes. Because Jesus is the center of the world. Go back to the vision. Let's look at the vision that God has given to us. Is it not nice? It's a nice vision. God said we should build a world where Christ, a world, a family, a nation. That's what we are doing. We are building a family, a nation, where Christ is all that matters and is in all of us. It's from a, it's from a verse, Colossians 3, verse 11. What that particular thing? To build a Christ, a world, Christ, all and in all, Christ all and all, it's, it's a verse, three, it's Colossians 3, 11. It says, where a world where there's neither Greek, let's read from a stand so I can understand it. And I've put on a new man, which is renewed in the knowledge of, in knowledge, after the image of him that created. Have you seen it? It says, we've put on a new man, and the new man is renewed in what? Knowledge. After the image of him that created him. Who's the, who's the one that created us? Christ. It says, we are renewed. Through knowledge, we are renewed. After the image, to conform to the image of a son, which is Jesus. It's the same things that are being said in different places. You see, and I've put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Next verse. Then he says, where? The new man and the image of the one who has created us is a place. His name is Christ. The, place of the, the name of the place is called Christ. And in that place called Christ, there's neither Greek nor Jew. There's neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. There's neither barbarian or Scythian, bond or free. Eh? 
He's talking about the different society, the different groups of people that can be in the church. Let's read other versions. Maybe other versions will show us. There's neither Greek nor Jew. The Greeks are those who are seeking knowledge. The Jews are those who are who who uh, have made whatever their stumbling block. Hmm? Words like Jewish and non-Jewish, religious and irreligious, insider and outsider, uncivilized and uncouth, slave and free mean nothing in this nation, in this world that God is creating. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. Everyone is defined by what? Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. So Jesus is our Definition. Jesus is where we find our character, where we find our identity, and He's what we, we He's what we live for. Is it a nice thing? Yeah. Hallelujah. Anybody who has a question about what I'm saying now? Anybody? So that is why we build churches. Hmm? That is why we, we, we train. That's why you come to this church. This is not a church that will tell you, oh, sit down and let's. Be happy. You come to our church after three months, if we see that you are becoming serious of God, we want you to become something. Have you noticed? Yes. No, they say, oh, come for shepherd's meeting. You know, just come around. Just come and be around. Come and listen. And then you realize that the church is not actually quiet like that. There's a lot of fire in the church. Hey! It's a lot of work. Follow up. And they're asking you questions. How many people do you bring to church? Why are the people? What's going on? Ah, what kind of a church is this? Before I came, I thought it was a very... You're just singing from glory to glory. God is... We are just dabbing in the church. It's not only dabbing. After we have dabbed, the serious business. Where are the souls? Where are the people? What is happening? Who are you shepherding? What's going on? Who are you talking to? Why? We are trying to help you to develop into the image of the son. Because one of the major things about the son is that he's a shepherd. Is that Jesus didn't say, I'm, I'm a good prophet. Jesus said, I'm a good prophet. I'm a great prophet. I'm a chief prophet. Never said it. He said, I'm a good shepherd. Good shepherd. Chief shepherd. Great shepherd. Yeah. I'm a shepherd. I'm a good shepherd. I'm a great shepherd. I'm a chief shepherd. That's what Jesus said. Yeah. He didn't call himself. So if we are conforming to the image of the Son, it means that we must become, you must become a shepherd. You must shepherd one or two people. Some one or two people. One or two. Everybody. Yes. Dr. Lois is a doctor. She's shepherding one or two people. Yeah. What's your name? Can you imagine that? Apple? MFA. MFA is a shepherd. She's shepherding one or two people. You can be doing, we can be doing anything. You can be a lawyer. You can be a doctor. You can be a teacher. You can be a school principal. You can be a seamstress. You can be an adieye. You can be a mate, a carpenter, a driver. Eh, you know, drubber. Maxine, do you know drubber? Driver, driver. People call it, the commands will say drubber. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot that one is here. I won't say that again. Hallelujah. I am the good shepherd. Everybody. No matter what your, your occasion or profession, vocational profession is, shepherding is, is part of our lives. Because that is the image of the one we are conforming to. What do you think? 
So God can't wait for the day that you shepherd like one or two people. You are responsible for some one or two people. Just like the way when you are growing up, they give, when your parents are not around, they say, take care of, take care of your siblings. And then you become mommy or daddy in the house. And then you just, you just pull, <laughs> you pull a kid. And then you'll be hitting their heads. Isn't it? That's how it is in the kingdom of God too. Is that, it's not, a, it's not our church. It's not, it's, I'm not describing just our church. I'm describing the body. I'm describing how things are supposed to be in the body of Christ. Just that there are churches that don't know. Or they know and they don't want to do because it is too difficult. It is too stressful. Because the cross is too heavy. The cross is so heavy, you can't, you just can't. It's very difficult. Yeah. That's why a lot of churches, they don't like what I'm saying. They don't do it at all. At all. At all. At all. At all. There are Christians who don't, who are not concerned at all about the things that, con- that concern Jesus Christ. They don't care. Only thinking about the next house, the school their children will go to. I'm not saying don't think about the school your children are going to go to. Think about it. Pray about it. Do what you're supposed to. But that is not the only reason why we are around. We are around to conform to the image of a son in all things. Yes. In humility, let this man be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let's read from verse, verse 4. The things that be of others. Jesus, if Jesus thought Jesus had only thought about himself. Charlie will not be here. Jesus wouldn't have come down. Yes. He came from heaven to the earth. Heaven is a nice place, a beautiful place. But he left his glorious, beautiful, exciting, wonderful, gold-plated road place. And came to this dusty road because of you. Right. Abokobi came to Abokobi to come and, come and save you. Because of his love for you. Go back. Go to verse 4. Look not every man on his own things. Have you seen it? But every man also on the things of others. He wants us to look on the things of other people. Why? Then he says, let this man be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. First example of someone who thought about other people, apart from himself. Who being the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Hmm? He made himself of what? No reputation. No, he changed his reputation. No, I don't have any reputation. I won't hold on to my reputation. He took about- that's, what, that's what sacrifice has to do with. Not holding on to your reputation. Yes. Changing your life because of Jesus. Changing your life because of Becoming uncomfortable so that Jesus, what Jesus wants can be done. That's what our church is about. Okay? Of course, as we do these things, there's prosperity in the church. Yes, prosperity, great prosperity. And we can't do it, we can't do it on our own. The Holy Spirit is there. So go back to the vision. To build a world where Christ is all in all, and to make Christ the center of the world by dispensing Christ. The way we do it is by giving up, teaching about Jesus, talking about Jesus, talking about Christ, what he does, different aspects of Jesus. Do you see? What did Jesus say we should do? He said we should teach all the things that he has taught us. And Jesus taught us about himself. Taught us about his kingdom. What he wants. He should teach everybody. So he says we are dispensing Christ or we are giving Christ out with love. With what? We are doing it with what? So love, that's why we call ourselves love economy. And we say love economy, what? Dispensing Christ with love. So we are dispensing, we are giving out Christ with love. You see? That's also another thing. That's our message. 
The message of the house is the message of love. Because all that I'm saying can be given out to people. in Because Jesus is the love of God given to the world. So giving out Christ is giving out God's love to people. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. Hereby pursue with the love of God. Why? How do we know the love of God? How do we know the love of God? Because he laid down his life for us. That's how we know. He laid down his life for us. Then he says, and we ought to also lay down our lives for the brethren. So we learn how he laid down his life for us. So we, 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 there's, there's, a vision, there's a vision and then a mission. Isn't it? I've explained the mission, how we are doing it. Our mission is to build Christ into all men. How? Through the revelation, the formation, the magnification, and the glorification of Christ or Jesus in all men until all men conform to the image of the Son using Christ as a building material. So Jesus, I've been, I've been saying it, using Jesus, the word of God is Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the word. So using the word of God as a material and with the Holy Spirit as our strength. Okay, the Holy Spirit giving us our abilities. So the revelation of Christ is the born-again experience. The formation of Christ is the teaching experience, the helping you with meditation and all of that. Christ is being formed in you. Then you get to a point of Christ is magnified in you, where you can make certain sacrifices like Christ did. Christ is being magnified in you. Make certain sacrifices without thinking twice. Then on that day, Christ will be glorified in you. You see, yes. When Jesus appears, we shall also appear with him. Then we shall know the actual glory of everyone. Everybody's glory will show proper, proper. What you did here on earth will show properly. First John chapter 3, eh, verse 2 and verse 3. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Have you seen it? Since when he shall appear, we shall also be like him. So on that day, how much Christ has been formed in you and how much Christ has been, conform, has been magnified in you will be shown on that day. We'll know whether you grew to become the height, same height, or you grew up to the waist. Or you grew up to the leg. Or you grew up to the thigh. Or you grew up to the chest. Or you grew up to the same height. That's the, glory, the day of glorification. Do you see? Yes. Colossians chapter 3. Verse 2 and 3. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, next verse, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, the word appears, phanaro, phanarosis. Have you heard of phanarosis? But at the appearance of Christ. It says, when Christ is alive shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in what? In glory. So there's a day when we shall all, we shall all which, On that day we will know whether you did, you came to the loins, to the leg, or to the full height. We will know. Yeah. Wow. On that day the Lord will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's the day of our glorification. He has already glorified us, but there's a day of our actual glorification. You see, the, our birth is our glorification. Our birth into the Lord is our glorification. The day you are born again, you have been born again into glory. And we change from one level of glory to another as we conform to the image of the Son. You see. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Are you in the, are you in the church or you don't know the verses I'm talking about? Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. We are with open face or unveiled face. Eh? Beholding us in a glass. The glory of, we behold, it's the glory of God we look into. The word of God is the glory of God. He says we are changing to the same image from glory to glory. It's a change of glory until you get to the height of glory. Prince Charles 
now King Charles, when he was born into the house of the queen, was, that was the day of his, the fact that he was born was the day he became a prince and an heir to the throne. It's a day of glorification. But the day he was coronated, when he sat on the throne and they put the crown on his head, was the day of his actual glorification. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So even though we are born into the kingdom of God and we are his glory, we are growing. If Prince Charles had not grown to become a king, it's a day of glorification. Yes. Where the Lord will be placing crowns on our heads to rule with him in authority. The reason why we are all here and being, being trained and being raised by God in the house of God is so that we can rule. God wants us to rule with him as his wife. As his wife on that day. Yes. He, wants to, he wants us to rule. There are many scriptures I can quote for you. The vision is very wild. All these things are inside. It's very, very wild. Do you see? Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, that's the mission. Okay? Then, there's a message. So, there's the vision, the mission, and the message. How, what we preach every single time. How we preach it. How we preach. What we preach is what I've been saying it. But it is categorized into a lot of things. The first one is what? God's love for me. What we preach? We preach love. I.e. dispensing Christ of love with the Holy Spirit as our means. Okay? The Holy Spirit is our means. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't do anything. It's the Holy Spirit who has done everything that is it. It's his work through us. The Holy, what I'm saying is the Holy Spirit's work. He's just doing it through us. Do you get it? Okay. So he says, God's love for the first level of our message is God's love for me. For you. How does God express his love for you? Number one, by sending his son Jesus Christ. Okay, to come and die for us. So we study or we preach as a church, we preach Jesus' death, we preach his life, first of all, how he lived. Since you came to the job, you notice that we have been preaching about Jesus' life, different, different things. His life, we preach about his death, isn't it? And we preach about his resurrection, we preach about his ascension, we preach about his seating and crowning, all because of his love for me. And all these things, Jesus' life means something for me and you. Jesus' death means something for you and me. Jesus' ascension or resurrection means something for you and me. Jesus' ascension means something for you and me. His seating means something for you and me. His crowning means something for you and me. And we preach messages different, different. I can point many messages to this. Many things that we have preached about, plenty along this line. The word of God. All this is the word of his grace. Are you in the church? What he has done for you and I. That's level one. Then level two is how he now lives. He now lives in me. Okay. Still God's love for me. God's love for me is expressed in Jesus dying for me. And it's also expressed in he coming to live in me. He lives in me through the ministry of the Holy Spirit to help me live his life of goodness and abundance in this world. I don't know if you've ever seen any message preached along this line. All things are mine. I can do all things. Righteousness. Glory. Whatever. Grace, power. Eh? I'm exposing everything for you to understand. This is what you can, you can go and start a ministry with this. You can go and start a ministry. It's there. Hmm? Yes. I'm one with Christ. And we have confessions along this. I'm one with Christ. I'm whatever. I'm, it's because of, it's part of our, the message that we preach. Next one. Next verse. Number two. The number two level of what we preach is God's, is our love for him. He says, I love him because he first loved me. The message of love 
is also you reciprocating the love. I love him because of his love for me. Okay? Yes. Now, what does that mean? That means that I will do anything for him. If you love somebody, you do what he wants you to do. No be so. So I will do anything for him. I will go everywhere he wants me to go to. I'll do what he wants me to do. I'll share his love with others. That is the fact that Jesus, Jesus, I'll share his love with others. Jesus' life, death, resurrection, ascension, all of those things. I'll, I'll, well, I'll go where he wants me to go, do what he wants me to do, share his love with others, help others to know he lives through, he lives in them through the Holy Spirit, which is the second, the second part of the first one. Do you understand? Like helping others to know the love of Jesus Christ through salvation and helping others to know how he lives in them through your teaching, the teaching that you are teaching them. Okay? Then he says, I will do everything for him because he did everything for me. He did everything for me, so I'll do everything for him. It is my only way of saying, of saying thank you, of thanking him. That's why we are a church full of gratitude. Yes. We, are, we show our gratitude to God by doing what he wants us to do. That's our way of reciprocating our love for him. That's how we sing in the choir. Do you see? That's why we plan churches. That is why we do choreography, dancing, spending time, energy, money. That's why we give. We give to show how, show how much we love him. Yeah. We give offering seeds. Yes. Various things. Then the next one is, I would aid others in retaining his love by teaching them how to love him. Have you seen it? I would aid others in retaining his love by teaching them how to how do you love him how to love him is the a i will do anything for him all of that does it make sense yes. it's actually three parts so it's one two and then the b is actually three i will teach others in retaining his love by teaching them how to love him so god wants us to commit to this vision that's why i'm sharing it with you is it a good vision you are sure it's good very clear i mean there's no so we shouldn't change it at all for anything or for anyone. Okay? We shouldn't change it for anything or for anyone. And by God's grace, every year we remind ourselves by picking different aspects of it and explaining it and expressing it like I've done today. Okay? So there are going to be some talk shows and all of that to communicate the same things in different ways to you on different levels, practically, for us to be able to know what we should do. If we do what God says we should do, we are following his will for us. This is the vision of God. All I've done over the years is to buy into the vision. I'm encouraging you to also buy into the vision by committing to it. Where do I fall? What can I do? How can I be a lawyer who does this? How can I be a doctor who does this? How can I be a farmer who does these things for the Lord? How can I say thank you to God by giving my life? Hallelujah. Rise up on your feet. Let's thank God for what you have shared with us in these few minutes. Thank God, thank God, thank God for two minutes. Father, we are grateful, we are thankful. Thank you that these words are working in our lives on every side. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.